Hello, everybody. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is. Welcome to the show, The Big Show, the largest, most important podcast that is recorded in our car. Today. As we're, we're traveling, we're traveling through North Missouri at the moment. Welcome. And we'd like to, we're going to do a kind of a short podcast here, and we hope you enjoy it. Because we're going to be talking about something that's uh, it's a little bitty, tiny, ongoing project that I have going on right now. And I am learning how to plant plants. Woohoo! How to grow plants from seeds. Now, this is just something I've never done before. And she's done some before in the past, but I've never done it before. And I wanted to do this as a skill development thing. And uh, we'll look, let's talk about the skill development thing to start with. And you don't need to write notes for this. We've already got the story written. She's getting out her note thing to write notes so we can do the do the accompanying story. I'm like, we got this. This is we are, actually it's publishing here in just a bit. So, anyway, um, skill development. Let's talk about it. If you don't know how to do stuff, you're not prepped. No matter how much stuff you've got in your basement, because yeah, if for example you have this uh, box of seeds, you can buy garden in a box. And we actually have one of these Garden in a Box products. Yes, to get in your it's freezer. Been sitting in our freezer for a number of years now. The deep freeze, the one that never defrosts. So it's liable to still be good. And it's got a variety of different garden plants in there, including tomatoes and peppers and peas and onions and yada, yada, yada. Lots of different seeds. All of them are heirloom seeds. We'll go through heirloom seeds here in just a bit. But all of them are heirloom seeds so that they're worth storing as a prep. And this, this little seed box is absolutely designed as a prep. That's the whole idea. Yeah. So In case of emergency, you're supposed to pull it out of the freezer. And if it's the appropriate time of year, stick the seeds in the ground and out comes a bounty of food, right? Um, er, uh, in That's case, not really how it works. Um, you're liable to get your peas. They're easy. Yeah. yeah. You'll probably get a few onions. Onions are easy, yeah. Uh, some of those go, yeah. Corn? Uh, maybe. 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 Depending on when you put it in. If you put it in when the ground's too cold, corn doesn't like that. Yeah. Um. So, wait, 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 wait. What are you saying? That you kind of actually need to know what the, what you're doing? Yeah. Oh. That takes and all the fun out of it. some of these things, like tomatoes and peppers, just sticking the seeds in the ground in most of the U.S. and hoping for the best. If you stick enough seeds in the ground, yeah, you'll get a few plants, but it's a low success rate doing it that way. And if you've got a garden in a box and you're thinking about trying to feed your family out of that garden in a box, as well as save seed for the next year, you don't want to have a low success rate. You want to have a high success rate. So what do you need to do? You need to have a place already set up so that it has proper soil for gardening. You need to have a place set up so that it has, it's just ready to go. Some tools, although Some, that's not, yeah, most, you don't need a bunch of tools. But what you also need to know is how to do it and what to do and when to do it and when not to do it. And the skills and, are the most important part of the process. Right. And you also need to have supplies that you learned that you need that you didn't know you need, like bunny fencing. 
I'm, yeah, yeah like, she's laughing, but it isn't really funny to, to put in all this work and come out and find out that some bunny has come along and sheared off all of your carefully prepared garden, and then you have to start over, which is annoying if times are good, but that bunny could have just killed your family. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's, a if you're bunny. depending on this, that bunny could have just killed your family. If you think about that. That should be enough to realize that, hey, maybe along with my little seed package, I'd better get some bunny fencing. Because what are you going to do? Sit there all night long, every night out there guarding your plants? Maybe you are. I don't know. But that doesn't mean, <coughs> sorry, if there's no light out there, that doesn't mean bunny's still not going to get them even though you're sitting out there. And, uh, yeah, you can, you can shoot bunny, you can eat bunny, but they make more bunnies. And you can't shoot moths and caterpillars. Moths you can't shoot squash bugs. Although you can really, you can really wreck a caterpillar's day. <laughs> <laughs> we were, we were out at the place and, and we'd just put it, she, she just put in some trees the previous year. It was even that year. Yep. And she found the world's biggest, most disgusting caterpillar eating up one of her trees. That sucker was. I mean, it was just six huge. inches long, and she's just like, "Ooh!" And I'm like, "Well, squish it." She's like, "No, I don't want to squish it." No, I said, "Well, then get even with it." How's that? Put on your glove, grab that thing, take it down to the pond, and feed it to your fish. So that's what she did. She she grabbed this monster of all caterpillars. It was a uh, luna moth caterpillar. Actually, they're huge. And normally we wouldn't mind, but she's eating, it's eating up our nut tray. Yeah. So Caterpillar got tossed into the pond and one of our bass had, well, several of our bass probably, <laughs> it was big, had a nice meal over it. Cause it went, I mean, when it went plunk, I was, I was up the hill. I was probably 75 yards away and I heard the plunk. That's how big of a caterpillar it was. So. Things you got to know, things you got to realize, things that you just can't wing when there's no room for error, no margin for error at all. So all of this is skill development, figuring out what you need to make this work. And some of these skills are really, really, really critical because it, if you sooner or later, even if you have a year's worth of food, it's only a year, Okay. And your storage food in no way is as good as fresh vegetables. It just isn't. Also, the vegetable content of most of the stored food is pitiful. And the nutrient content is not as high as fresh stuff. So, bottom line, gardening, if you're planning on bugging in, if you're planning on getting yourself through hard times, even if it's, let's say it's not a Tiat walkie, but it's hard times. Job it's something like you're the, low on cash and you just would like to eat something besides ramen noodles every now and then. Uh, like the Great Depression, for example. That was a perfect time where you need to have these huge gardens to feed your family because you can afford the food that you can grow. Okay? That's what we're talking about. We're talking about something where, or, for example, you are in a situation where you don't want to go to the store for whatever reason. Well, you, you go on your own. And so all of this is, is critically important. So what I was decided to do is this is a skill I don't have. So this is one of the skills I decided to pick up was go ahead and grow 
some plans. Now, I chose to do it the easy, 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 easy way because I'm just trying to develop the skill. I'm just trying to see what works and what doesn't. I can take everything I learned from the easy, easy, easy way and translate that into the do-it-yourself way. And right now, time is not something I have a lot of. I have a exceedingly demanding job at the moment, and I have several ongoing projects at the moment, including like, you know, and 3BY. And 3BY is just one of them. You know, I'm also a major blogger for a, another website that takes up a, a couple hours a day of my time. And mm-hmm. we see a horse. We see donkey. We see somebody, see somebody we see, attempting to make mules. Yeah, we, we saw see. somebody trying to make a mule. Hmm. <laughs> okay. If you're not sure how you make mules, duck, duck, go that one, guys. Yeah, I'm duck, duck, go there. that one. Because that's, uh, uh-huh. Well, okay, we have a rather pornographic moment <laughs> in, our, in our podcast. Pressing right along. Now, we've already... P has already learned one significant, important bit of information from this year's experiment. Let me explain what I did. I went out to a big box store, and I looked at the various different ways of doing seed starting. I decided on the easy way, which is probably the most expensive way, because you pay for the convenience. I bought a couple of packages of the Jiffy 16, 16 space starter kits. They got these little package, these little pellets of soil that are compressed, dried and compressed. And the idea behind the starter pack is you buy the package, you buy or you put water in the package and it puffs up these uh, soils to their full height. They're just little cylinders of soil. You plant your seeds in there. You cover them up with the included plastic greenhouse. You set it in a window in indirect light, and you just let it grow. Keep it moist. Keep it moist. Well, if you keep the cover on, it's going to be moist because there's a lot of moisture in in the process of of expanding the, the packages. I make it sound harder than it is. It's not hard. There's nothing hard to this. And then after the seedlings come up, you remove, basically, you remove the greenhouse tops and keep them moist. And as they start to grow, you start hardening them up by like, well, our first step was putting them in a room with a with a ceiling fan. So they're blowing around, which makes their stems. The first step was to turn them every couple of days. Yeah, you turn them every couple of days. How are you doing that? Uh, to, so that the, the, pie, the light makes them strong. Yeah, if you leave them sitting one way. They all lean toward the light because they know where the light is. They all lean toward the light, and you get plants that are all bent. Happy days. Sorry, that was a. She was in the middle of talking when I had to click the microphone off for a for a, a reason, and then she was in the middle of singing something when I clicked it back on. <laughs> so that was kind of a mess. Sorry about that. Me, I totally would not have done that to you. Yeah. Uh, what what it is? She has this thing about spring peepers, frogs. And we were driving through an area I knew was going to have frogs, and she just wouldn't catch my, okay, stop now, hand signal. I was busy looking for the the ducks on the swamp. So anyway, I so we had a kind of a rough transition there. We'll come right back to her point in just a sec. But we, uh, I pulled down the windows, and of course the spring peepers were going nuts, and we saw a turtle. 
So these are big signs of spring, and after this horribly long winter, as they all are, we just very much like, it makes our hearts happy to yes. have spring here. <laughs> it makes my heart glad. So, anyway, back to your point. Teaching voice. Yeah, because if you leave the plants all pointed in the same direction, they know where the light is, they grow toward the light, and they will end up permanently bent if you don't change the direction of the light relative to the plants every couple of days. Yeah, I've been changing them every day, and they, they will have changed direction by night. They'll have been, changed their bent all the way over the other way by night. So what else did I learn? Well, I planted two rows of eight of different types of tomatoes, cherry and roma, and I planted two rows of different types of pepper, one hot peppers, I don't remember which ones they were, and the other were uh, green peppers of some variety. And the tomatoes all came up, and the green peppers did not, nor the, none of the peppers came up. Absolutely nothing came up in those two. Why? Well, I had them placed on the top of one of our water barrels. We give these 55-gallon water barrels, you know, the, the blue ones that you keep. We have several of those full in our house that we keep as our water. But we have them spaced around the house to keep the weight off the You know, people forget about how much this stuff weighs. So we have water barrels here. There. And then we cover them up. And since this one's like in the back room, it's just covered by a big black uh, plastic to keep the light off of it. Uh, not only is it harder on the barrels, the plastic to have the light on it, of course, the more light transmits through, the more chance that stuff grows in the water, which we don't want. So we have plastic covering. And so it's sitting on the barrel right next to a window. And this is, uh, we do zone heating in our house, which means that our house is not a constant temperature throughout the house. And since this room is basically, it's our laundry room. It has a window in it, though. Uh, you know, it's where the washing machine sits, and uh, we've also got some other storage stuff in there. We have some of our preps tucked away in there. So it's climate controlled to a to a point. It doesn't ever get really cold, but it gets into the fifties when it's you know winter, and we're doing this when it was we started this when it was you know snow on the ground type winter, and it was just too cold for the peppers. These peppers and tomatoes are tropical plants. They're not designed for cold, which is why you have to start them indoors in Missouri. And so we did. Now, they do make heating pads, electric heating pads, that are designed to help people in our situation grow much faster plants. And I did not invest in one this year, because one, I didn't know it was going to be a problem, and two, once I, once I did, well, you know, that ship had already sailed. I wanted to go ahead and play it on out. But if you were doing it for a prep, you would probably, instead of an electric heating pad, you would have some of those uh, hot, cold gel packs on hand. So you could leave one sitting in hot water for a couple of hours in the evening, and then slip it underneath the plants at night to keep them from getting cold when it's going to be coldest at night. Right, because I don't like preps that depend on electricity. Now, if I'm going to do this again next year, and I probably will, at least in a different, you know, I'll probably not do the same exact same thing, 
I am going to get an electric heating pad because they're not expensive. And it's be a handy thing to have, and I don't want to lose my plants again. Now, once you get the plants going, you have to go ahead and pinch the, the ones that aren't as good, and that's hard. It's hard to kill perfectly good plants, but you have to do it. And so I, so I weeded mine out. I've got a weed. I went ahead and replanted the peppers, and they're coming up now. At least some of them are. So I'm going to have to do the pinching pretty soon on them. Because that you can't have three tomato plants competing against each other in a small amount of soil. The competition will weaken everybody. So when things get a little warmer outside, it's still not very very conducive. I mean, we're talking about maybe even snow again tomorrow. So I can't do anything much outside. But when it comes time to move them outside to harden them further, we're going to move them out onto the back porch. We have a screened-in back porch. And let them get blown around a little bit more. It has a little more light to it. And then we'll actually move them out to the back steps, which will give them sunlight for full sunlight for part of the day. And then they'll be ready to go into the ground. And then you just take the little pot of dirt that you've got, which is about the size of, oh, that's what, a couple inches across, two and a half, maybe three inches. Shot glass. Shot glass, yeah. No, bigger than shot glass. One of those five-ounce beer glasses. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Um, shot glasses are pretty small. One Some of, of the seed pods are shot glass size. These are bigger. Yeah, these are these are the bigger ones. And So you just take that and transplant that directly into the soil, and it's ready to go. And the plant's already rooted, and it'll grow through the, the sides of the... Of the uh, seed pod. Seed pod, and you're good to go. That's how you start them. Now, a couple of things. This was an expensive way of doing this because those things cost me, I don't remember exactly what it was, six, seven bucks yeah. per package. And they're six 16. bucks for a pot yes. of 16. Yeah, six bucks for a pot of 16. So I had 12 bucks in that uh, for our 32 plants. And that's more expensive than, than, you know, I like. We have a very, very, very good greenhouse. And they're very inexpensive. It would actually be cheaper for us to go to the greenhouse and buy the plants ready to go than it would be to do it this way. Of course, now remember, I paid full price. I went in in the spring, which is not the time to be buying this stuff. I paid full price. I bought some of these in the past for $2 at the end of the season for the same product or $1.50 or something like that. Yeah, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to look at the big box store after because they have refills, these little refills that you can get we're going to go in and we're going to try and wait till planting season's over here in a couple months and we're going to go in and we're going to buy a whole bunch of them and those are going to go in our preps we're not going to use those we're going to keep those as preps because we want to have something on hand that we can just start and as long as you keep them dry they should be fine here's the thing though if you don't want to take the time and trouble you got your garden in a box you don't think you want to spend the time and effort right now to learn how to actually grow the plants. Nevertheless, you seriously should consider picking up some of those seed pods, uh, some of the pods for the seeds, and having those to go along with the frozen seeds. Because you don't need to freeze the dirt, the starter pods. But you will want them, because you will not want to take your one little packet of all the tomato plants you have to keep your garden going for however long the drama might last. You don't want to put all those in the cold 
bad ground of a place that's never been worked for a garden and you not knowing what you're doing and expect them to come up, you want to give yourself the best chance of success. And those starter pods give you the best chance of success. Yeah, I highly, highly recommend, I can't recommend enough doing the um, starter pods as a prep because they come dehydrated. And as long as you keep them dry, and I recommend buying a whole bunch of the things. The plastic parts are no big deal, but it's the little pods, the actual the dirt pods themselves, that's what you have to keep dry. You just seal them up in a five-gallon bucket. Buy sizes that will fit in a five-gallon bucket and seal them up in a five-gallon bucket. And just make yourself a, a five-gallon bucket garden prep. Get everything that you're going to need to go. Uh, not chemicals because, well, chemicals don't last all that long. But all the stuff that you're going to need to fertilizer do. Fertilizer would last, by the way. So if you want to put some concentrated fertilizer in there, it might be worth doing, depending on how your soil is. Concentrated bagged fertilizer, not yeah, not liquid. Not liquid. Bagged fertilizer. Or even some a bag or two of the starting soil. It's, a, it's, pot, it's not potting starting soil. Starting mix. Starting mix, yeah. A bag or two of that inside your five-gallon bucket. Just seal all this stuff up, put a good lid on it, and mark it, and just put it in the basement. doesn't even need to be temperature controlled. No. Just put it in the basement, put it wherever you want, and you're good to go. If you want to go cheaper, you don't want to buy the seed pods. Uh, A little bag of the starter mix goes a very long way. Buy your next uh, batches of eggs in the cardboard cartons instead of the uh, plastic cartons. And you can fill each one of those little egg cups with starter mix and plant in there. Right, and again... You have to water them more often because they don't hold water as well as the starter pods. And you have to put a water impermeable tray underneath them because the water soaks through the bottom. And also on these these egg cartons, they'll go right into into your five-gallon bucket. Uh, You don't need the top parts. You can just cut the top, cut them in half and, and... Use the top part for something else or throw it away or recycle it or whatever you want to do with it. Uh, the top parts do have other uses, though, so you might want to keep them. But if you need room in your bucket, just cut the top parts off and save the bottom parts. Actually, She's used those before. Soak those uh, tops in hot wax and put them in a plastic bag. They're very nice fire start aids. Yeah, we've actually got a, uh, we've actually got a, uh, a fire starter article on 3BY using these egg carton things. So that's another use for them. Now, we're huge believers. First of all, we're huge believers in, oh, I'm sorry. I just saw some ducks starting to nest out there in a field. Bad choice. (laughs) In a field that's going to be planted. Um, Like I said, we're driving and we see this stuff. But those egg cartons can be used for lots and lots of things. And frankly, those egg cartons tend to come with eggs that are produced in a better way than just the commercial eggs. I'm not going to go off on on my big, hey, buy organic gauge, cage-free eggs because, one, they're better for you, and two, they taste a lot better. I'm not going to go off on that tangent here. Yeah, but once, if you do... You get in the grocery aren't that big a deal. But. but if you do, those egg cartons are much better. So, I think that about covers what I wanted to say. All right. Happy growing.